Okay, we're good. Alright. Yas. Thanks for listening to uh, Impress Me With Music. We're back up in your punk asses. We're uh, listening to Raven Lene right now. What's the name of the song? This is Spice. Ooh, spicy. It's sexy. I like it. I say that about two-thirds of all of this book. Yeah, you're just... Yeah, you're just... You, every time you're like, what is this, the national anthem? Ooh, hot. <laughs> sexy. Make love to this track, baby. Um... Yeah, we saw... Did we see Raven Lene? Briefly. So, this episode is about Pitchfork. We went to We went to Pitchfork, and we are going to review it. We're going to talk about the artists from day three, which we thought was the best day of Pitchfork. For sure. We're going to talk about the artists. We're going to talk about the experience. We're going to talk about the sloppy porta-potties. Sloppy, terrible porta potties, and you know what? People are idiots. They all collected at the front, like there was a line. There was no line. No it's line. anarchy it's here, fun. dude. Go in, just find a pod. Go to the potty. Also, it, it's come on, it's downtown Chicago. It's a park. Just pure if you want. Yeah, just do it. Be free. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back after work from our sponsors. What's up, dudes? Hey, guys. I'm Tobes. I'm Jesse. And we're the host of Worst Contact, a show for aliens by humans, where we discussed every aspect of human life, such as death, life, juggalos, cats, LARPing, art, war. Athleticism with world's greatest athlete, Action Ronnie Glibson. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, we keep it fun, we keep it goof, we never script it, and we always have a good time. But don't bring the kids along, because we say naughty words. All on MachineCulture.com. Peace! You stumble across a very intelligent podcast listener. What do you do? Uh, I ask if they've ever heard of desks and day jobs. Roll for insight. Oh, they haven't, and they yes. want to know more. I tell them Destin Day Jobs is a D&D podcast that takes the humdrum life of four office workers and injects it with magic, adventure, and hilarious antics. All right, roll for perception. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, they're definitely interested. Uh, I grab their phones and subscribe them to Destin Day Jobs on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Machine Culture website. Roll for sleight of hand. Wow, it's a critical hit! Yeah. They're subscribed. Do they have a dog? Uh, can the dog listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah. Roll for animal handling, I guess. Well, that doesn't work. Uh, 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 but they're still interested in Destiny Day Jobs. Yeah! yeah. yeah.
Discs and Big Jobs, now part of the Machine Culture Collective. Huzzah! Screaming Black Lives Matter, all the black guys rather be dead beats than pay your bills. Yelling nigga this and nigga that. Call everybody nigga and get a nigga mad. As soon as I say nigga, then everyone react. They wanna swing at me and call me racist cause I ain't black. Pound that then. Talking about slavery like you was around back then. Like you was picking cotton off the fucking ground back then. Like you was on the plantation getting down back then. Alright. Alright, so welcome back uh, to Press Me With Music. Um, we're watching the music video for I'm Not Racist by Joyner Lucas. Right now, you should really watch this video because uh, it's hard to kind of keep living on free government assistance, food stands for your children, but you still trying to sell them for some weed and some liquor or a fucking babysitter while you party on the road because you ain't got no Yeah, so right now, the music video is a black guy and a white guy sitting at a table in like a factory in New Hampshire. Like and the white guy's wearing like a MAGA hat And right now the white you guy's talking to the black guy and, straight, and then you turn around and complain about the poverty rate Fuck out of my face You can't escape problems You can pray for some change so but can't break a dollar People are really Everybody talking about the change so What am I saying? Fuck the world with a make America great kind of yeah, I'm I surprised you. I'm not racist. My sister's I mean, boyfriend's black. Really I'm not racist. Yeah, it's really intense, for sure. I've come back to it a bunch of times. I've thought very different things about it. Uh, people have a variety of things to say about it. Um, people are mostly praising it. Because, so basically the first verse is basically like this white guy saying all this racist stuff about what he thinks about, what he thinks about what's going on with like the state of like black people and race relations in the U.S. But then the second verse comes up and the black guy talks and instead of like him being like, you know, like righteous and like just like saying everything that's wrong with the white guy, he also comes from kind of like an ignorant position and in the end, they hug. That's sort of like the point, right? Like it's kind of a commentary on race relations in America right now. That the two sides don't literally don't know anything about each other. I'm not racist. I'm just prepared for this type of war. I heard Eminem's rap at the awards. We fighting for y'all can take that motherfucking two here right no more. America just. It's like you want to be so famous. I don't want to say You'll do anything for attention. Well, it is laughable. He's a comedian. Okay, Look, Childish gave me as a comedian. He made that funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She ain't got no home training. Put your fucking pants up, nigga. Put that suit back on. Take that direct gun. Take that gun out your mouth. Quit the pitiful stuff. And then maybe police will stop killing you. Yeah, and like, we're still on the white guy, so I'm, I'm going to wait till we get to, the, to where the black dude talks. But Jordan Lucas is... I like Jordan Lucas a lot. He's got a, he's a very unique, fast flow. Hold on, this is where they... So this is where the I song... wish that I knew yours. Saying it like I wish I knew your side of the story. Not racist. I swear. Um, he's from Worcester, Massachusetts. With all disrespect, I don't really like you white motherfuckers. That's just where I'm at. Screaming all lives matter is a protest to my protest. What kind of shit is that? And that's one war you'll never win. The power in the word nigga is a different sin. We shouldn't say it, but we do, and that's just what it is. But that don't mean that you can say it just because you got nigga friends. Nigga. That word was originated. We know that's just how we greet each other. And when you use it, we know there's a double meaning under. Physically, that don't mean I'm not affected by the history. My grandmother was a slave. That shit gets to me. You ain't got no motherfucking sympathy, you pussy nigga. Yeah. No, my, uh, I'm sorry, you can never feel my, my life. 
Well, yeah, your phone in your hand right now. Go ahead and give us a five-star review. Get that Starbucks gift card. Um, go to our Facebook page. Give it a like. You can follow me on Twitter at Lake underscore Superior. Um, we have an Instagram account, um, which we do link all the artists to. Um, called, uh, what is it? Uh, impress underscore me underscore with. Yeah, so I'm getting a haircut on the 11th of August. Yeah, I've been in Wisconsin yesterday. And uh, August 19th, I'll be doing a show um, in Hyde Park with Liz Greenwood. Um, on August 21st, I'll be doing a show at the Celtic Crown. And then on the 28th, I'll be at Zany's Rosemont. So, you can finally start to show me a little bit of respect. And August is looking decent. And then we'll, both of us will be in uh, Denver. Yeah. 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 Denver on the first and the second. I don't think we have any listeners there, so this is probably an irrelevant plug. Just so you guys know, she's referencing Max and Cream uh, Grannies. I love Max and Cream. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's an earworm. It's totally an earworm. Um, would you look up today in music while I, I, I tell you? So, um, just talk about, about the world a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about the world. So, we took last week off. Last week was Mary's uh, birthday. We tried to kind of go all out for Mary's birthday. Plug, I was born. Yeah, plug. Here's a plug. <laughs> I was born. Yeah. So, last year, so we were doing this podcast last year for Mary's birthday, and we were like broke. We were uh, going to have a wedding. Both of us were unemployed. There was a, Mary was like six months pregnant with a baby. She was a little crazy. So this year, I wanted to go all out for Mary. So I gave her like a three-part birthday. What was part one? I literally don't even remember. Part one was... Uh, part one was you bought me um, some blender bottles. Oh, it was presents. Yeah, blender bottles and a uh, um, set of like Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, which are super tight. Um, which I charged for you last night. You forgot to bring them to work. Oh um, uh, yeah, I know. I mostly, I forgot them on purpose and thought it was going to rain. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you got to be careful. That's the thing with those big headphones. I do definitely prefer listening to music on those big headphones, but earbuds are really the only that's, way. That's why I, I tend to leave them at work. When I bring them home, it's like I'm like almost scared to bring them back to work. Sure. If you wear those headphones, though, you really communicate to people that you are a music aficionado. And if it's important that you get that across to people on the bus, then by all means, wear the big headphones. Hell yeah. Um, are you ready for uh, Today in Music? Yeah, hit me with Today in Music. And oh, while, while we're doing Today in Music, I want to play this new uh, uh, chant song while we're doing Today in Music. Okay, sweet. Hey, fuck you guys. 
Chuck 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 Did you ever see that movie that um, with uh, Jack Black and Buzz Death about, about Fats Waller where they real nope. uh, Please Be Kind and Rewind? Oh, I did. Yeah, that's the guy they make the movie about, Cat Waller. Oh, shit. No, he was just like a jazz legend from New Jersey. I don't remember. I don't remember. they Sweden movies where they made their own version? What do you think of the new chance, by the way? Everyone seems to think it is, but I can't find any proof of it on the internet. I don't know who this is. Yeah, no, I disagree. This song is fuck you. Do you know what I mean? This is like, uh, oh, all you haters, fuck you. I don't think he's trying to get any braces. Which is the name of the Eddie Murphy special with the samples. What do you think of George Clinton? Uh, on his own, with half a parlor and his company Yeah. He's just kind of crazy You know, he produced like a Red Hot Chili Peppers album And according to Anthony Kiedis' biography He bought them a giant pile of cocaine And a giant pile of heroin And said, this is all you get for the entire recording of the album huh. Yeah, he's a really kook He's a little bit of a kooky Kooky banana brain Speaking of kooky banana brains In 1989 1991 Yeah, I can read it Okay, okay 1991 and there's no nothing is happening he's being investigated again currently right now by LAPD I don't know what it's with regard to but no one's me too'd him which is kind of strange because he's like a public figure and there's a lot to say yeah I keep, I keep oh I love that Chappelle sketch where he's just like I'm Rick James bitch oh my god when Rick James <laughs> when, when I when I when he died I was at a guitar center in Michigan and somebody got on the intercom and just went I'm dead bitch <laughs> he died in like 2004 apparently he's a really bad man Rick James or Anthony Anderson uh, both of them, apparently. Yeah, what did Rick James do again? That sounds horrible. He kidnapped sex someone? torture of a 24-year-old woman. I mean, I think there's some more details there, and uh, I don't think any of them are going to make it come to light as, as anything less than awful. Um, oh, it's so bad. Well, 
a 35-year-old woman testified Monday that pop singer Rick James and his girlfriend beat her unconscious in their room at a posh West Hollywood hotel, then revived her with water only to beat her again. Quote, it seemed they were just getting their kicks off beating someone, said Mary Sager of West Hollywood, who's filed a lawsuit against James seeking unspecified damages for her injuries. I mean, I don't know what that's all about. but uh, I, I don't even think that is the same thing. Uh, it's super freaky, if I had to say something about it. Uh, it's very freaky. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible. I mean, um, Rick James may have invented rock and roll, but uh, he sounds like a real jerko. And time for something a little happier. Yeah, what do you got for me? It's still pretty much irrelevant. Um, in 2000, Madonna's video Music premiered. Ugh. The song of music. That's when I started hating Madonna. People Honestly. What year was that? 2001? Zero, 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 baby. 2000? I remember I was in Canada. I remember when that came out. I was in Canada. I was watching Much Music. Because that's the Canadian MTV. And uh, I remember when that video premiered and I, 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 I was like, I don't like Madonna anymore. Because I actually kind of like Madonna. You know, she's sort of a hometown hero in Detroit a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're like, yeah, she's a huge whore. But, you know, like, we love her for that. Hey, don't call her a whore. You're going to get... She made a sex book where she's, well, like, she's like blowing vanilla ice in the book. Well, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying we, we loved her in spite of that. And then... Music came out, and then she did that cover of American Pie, and I was just kind of like, ugh. Madonna's lost all of her artistic integrity. Go on. Um, that's really it. That's all I got for today in music. August 2nd, kind of a lame day, except for that part where Rick James sex-tortured a woman. Do not support Rick James, please. Yeah. Keep your money out of the James fund. Yeah, that's Rick James. Um, Rick James and Co., Cut Re- him off. Reuben James? That's a Rick song. Reuben James, you're as bad. You're much worse than Walmart. All right. Now you're just taking my jokes. Um, okay, so... Hey, everybody. I'm Dave Oh, no. Part one was not the presents. Part one was I took you to Pitchfork. Oh, shit. Part, part one, one of your birthday is I took you to oh, Pitchfork. Oh, yeah. The, then the, the, pre- the presents were just like a bonus round. The presents were just incidental, just like the card. That was all incidental. So part one was Pitchfork. Part one was Pitchfork. Dave took me to fucking Pitchfork. God, what a piece of shit I am that I couldn't no, come to part one. That's okay. We 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 had a great time there. Yeah. Um, part part one was Pitchfork. The whole uh, premise of this episode. Yeah. So Pitchfork. You know what I realized going there? Like you know, now that like we've been like doing comedy for almost a decade, each of us, it's like. I can kind of recognize a show for what it is. And Pitchfork really is, like, the most preening, posturing local music show of Chicago every year. It's like, let's take all the local artists that are successful, let's get them all together, and then let's get a couple of extra headliners. Like, even, like, Raven Lene that we played earlier, she's from Chicago. Everybody that we're going to play today, with the exception of Dram and Lauryn Hill, is from Chicago. Or in Chicago? Shaka Khan's from Chicago. I mean, I wouldn't call her a local artist. Japanese Breakfast is from Philadelphia, so I'm not going to count them either. But, I mean, it's a mostly... I think I think I read 14 local musicians. It was a huge ode to Chicago, and I really loved that. I, I have a lot of respect for that because we have some amazing artists here, and I don't... Our music scene is really on par with, like, any other city. I mean, I think it's, it's at least as good as New York's. It's not as good as Atlanta's. You know what I mean? But we're up there. We're one of the I main think, music hubs. I think it depends how you mash it together. I think this was a really exceptional lineup. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. 
I am gonna give Pitchfork mad credit compared to like Alala. There was only one moment where it was a real shit show in terms of trying to travel between spaces. And that's when No Name's set ended, like, five minutes early, which I don't think they accounted for. Yeah. And everybody was trying to, like, move from stage to stage at the same time. But that really only happened once. I feel like at Lala, you, like, get into several clogs and you have a panic attack, like, three times. And No, Lala's like when I lived in China. Do you know what I mean? It's like people are touching you at all times. You're, like, right. shoulder to shoulder. We had drink super good alcohol, ate... Overpriced, but not bad. It was so bougie. That's why I loved it. It was bougie. It was bougie. It was bougie as hell. I had like a... I had, you know... I love that you could pick your alcohol. I went to like a Don Julio tent and then a Kettle and Vodka tent. Yeah, Maker's Mark had a tent. Maker's Mark. They they didn't have like, uh, you know, Canadian club or anything like that. Well, of course not. but, But the great thing is they didn't just have something called bar that served Canadian Club. They had Maker's Mark had a tent. Catawan had a tent, you know. I think that's just the new face of where music festivals are headed. I've never been to, like, a Coachella, but I imagine that in the same right, when you're doing something in the desert for a bunch of Los Angeles uh, nights, you've got to, like, really up your game. And so I was I was really impressed with, uh, with all the offerings, and I thought it was pretty, pretty tight. Um, yeah. Setup-wise. There were some overall sound quality issues, though, which make me... If we're going to pitchfork rate pitchfork, yeah. I'm going to have to dog... <laughs> Give them a rating out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to dog support. And it's got to be like a 0. 0.7 or some obscure number two here. I do have to dock some points. Uh, I mean, should we... Are we ready to head into the artists, or do you want to... Yeah, so let's... So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven artists we're going to review, so let's just play like a clip of each of them, and then we'll rate their performance. I think we both took notes on our phones. We did. We both, we both got some notes. I also got notes in my dome. Whoa, dome notes. Um, so... Um, Let's start, well, should we just the order in which we saw everybody? I think that's a pretty fair one. Yeah, so, um, let's see here. Let's start with number one. Stupid roses. Stupid. If I'm a rapper, she's a bad bitch. I would sit behind her in my classes. Yeah, I used to love her some stupid, stupid. I used to love her some stupid. Yeah, I don't know if I remember where she lived. Hey, 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 that's Quaker uh, Collins. Yeah, she was wild. Um, I was Rose, and this was actually his closing track. I think it's been Yeah, so. I was really excited to see Kwaku, I think. We got there earlier. To mean, just to see Kwaku. We were, like, debating if it was kind of a rainy day, too, and we had to pack a bunch of stuff, and I lost my mate in the process. It was all very sad. But we actually left. Um, we, like, skipped getting lunch and everything. We were like, fuck it, let's go now. Let's go see Kwaku. Yeah. And probably one of the less impressive sets of the night. The least yeah. impressive sets. Yeah. He, he's still coming into his own as a performer. Also, he's trying to be, like, super woke, which is, like, very on point for someone from Evanston. You know what I mean? Like, trying to be, like, extra, extra woke. Like, he'd be like, are you guys from Chicago? I don't know about the violence going on in Chicago. It's like, 
Dude, you you talk about like relationships and stuff like that. Like, why are you butting yeah, into this just, like at all? You know. He's a twenty-one-year-old. He has just a DJ on the stage. Which was great. I respect that. I respect that he didn't have a live band. Yeah. Because it's rap. That's what hip hop is. You know what I mean? Maybe you know you can have a hype man, DJ, you know, MC, maybe a hype man. That's really all you need. If you're a great performer, that's all you need. I do have to give him credit though. He jumped around that yeah and he's he's on the way because he had these moments that were seamless where i remember like one song is transitioning to the other and he just did light blue by sean paul do you remember that? Yeah. And that was tight. Like, everyone loved that. Everyone in the audience is really digging that. Because the truth is, even Quaku Collins fans don't know his catalog. Because he's such a burgeoning artist. You know what I mean? Right, right. He's, he's getting there. It almost would have suited him to do some more covers to pander a little bit. Um, I don't think that this was... You know, I always question whenever artists decide that they want to start, you know, like, um, introing, like, to some new shit I'm working on, which happened a couple times over the fest. Um, yeah, why is this the place? This is like your, and, you know... And it sort of kills the energy for a minute because we can't, you know what I mean, like, we can't uh, sing along with you, you know what I mean? We, we can't be there yeah. with you. We're, you're asking us to connect to the music for the very first time in a loud kind of weather awkward environment in a giant crowd of people. You know what I mean? It's To me, in, in at a festival, I always find that kind of a strange place to want to debut something. Yeah, honestly, like you're better off doing covers. You really are because you got to move those people and you got to make them happy and you got to make them stay because there's a lot of distractions. I, the other thing I want to say is Quigu Collins is... Um, what I do really respect about him is I'm watching all of these people, like these new artists. You know, I'm constantly like looking at these new, uh, you know, hip hop artists, and so many of them are just trying to like play the part that they think, like act like they think a rapper should act. And what I do love about Quaku Collins is he seems to be completely divorced from that idea. Like almost like he does it, he's not even aware of it. And so he's like, wearing a hockey jersey, like a custom hockey jersey that says stupid fucking roses on it. He's asking people if they've seen The the Office. Do you know what I mean? He's telling people that Dej Loaf is like a huge influence of his. He's authentically himself, and that I do give him credit to because even like No Name, who we'll talk about in a minute, but it's like when she got out on the stage, she kind of played the diva role. Do you know what I mean? She's like, do it, do it right. Come on, band. You know what I mean? And it's like she divid a little. She divid a little. And Quaku was, you know, it's like he has no pretensions about what it means to be um, a hip hop artist, and I really like that about him. You know, like here's what I'm gonna say about Quaku. He was so fucking happy to be there. Yeah. And he he put his heart and his energy into it. And um, that really made it kind of heartwarming and enjoyable to watch the way that I think I'll feel when, you know, I see my kids' first piano recital. All right. May I, well, violin, please. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's hit that next track. You give 
So this song is called Roadhead. It's by a band called Japanese Breakfast. Um, I'm kind of confused about the backstory of this band. When they took the stage, they said we're from Philadelphia. According to their Wikipedia, they're from Eugene, Oregon. Now I'm no geographer, but those places aren't anywhere near each other. No, I mean, I don't know if they thought they were in Philadelphia or... So, um, the, basically, the band seems to be built around the front woman, Michelle Zahner, who definitely appears to be, ja- I mean, I think she's Japanese. I mean, is, it, is that, this to me is kind of like the Silver Jews, you know? It's like, she's like, I'm Japanese, name the band after my race. It's okay, I'm in the band. Sure. Uh, so, this is like really Zoner is not Japanese, but Korean and Jewish. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, great. I, uh, I don't get the name. I'm not going to question the name. The music is pretty standard um, right off the shelf. Um, like dreamy, pop rock. I call it an, they're an iPod commercial band. This is totally, this is, that's great. Yeah, this is an iPod commercial band. Which makes it kind of hard to, like, really enjoy watching. Yeah, um... I mean, it's hard. Um, yeah, it's, it was hard to get into Japanese breakfast. What I did notice is that... My toenails What I did notice about Japanese breakfast is the crowd was huge. The crowd was huge. People really came out to see them. They were really pretty much one of the only, though, indie rock acts of the entire day. I think there was one electronic artist that had been on that... Right. It was, and so, if you were a three-day pass holder who pretty much come to see, like, War on Drugs, you know, and Tame Impala, um... Yeah, this was not your, uh, this was, this was the only respite on Sunday. Right, this is pretty much why you probably came on Sunday. This is for a fried chicken sandwich. Where was the, the fried chicken sandwich from again? Um, I don't know, Chicken Chicken Hut? It was good, it was, the portions were too tiny. Yeah, All right. too tiny. So, um... That's what we said. We said we would intersperse it with just general festival critique. So, I think So, we saw this waiting for, um... Shmino? Shmino, who is technically a Chicago artist, although he's originally from St. Louis. Yeah, it's great. This is maybe a closer. Yeah, I think Smino is sort of like the, um, he's like the forgotten about, um, you media guy. 
Smino is like he's kind of like in that crew that now like it no longer includes Chance it's everyone that was around Chance now it's kind of crewed up like no name and um J- J- was Joey Chisholm what's his name Willie Chisholm um uh, Sama um they're kind of clicking up a little bit and that's great because I think they're all great but Smino like and he got, he got He said, are you waiting just for Shmi, baby? Are you guys ready for Shmi to tear it up? Um, one of the funny, one of the best things about him, well, here, I didn't know a lot about Shmino going in, but he's got a sense of humor, and that's what I really love about him. First of all, he comes out in a fake bulletproof vest, which is hilarious, um, because, you know, sometimes uh, people on stage just get killed. And uh, he wore a, a bulletproof vest, and I think security was heightened because that uh, Stephen Paddock guy from the um, shooting in Las Vegas, he originally was going to shoot a, a music festival in Chicago. That was the original plan. Last year. Yeah, on our the day we got married. Um, so um, security was high, so he comes out in a bulletproof vest, and he's he's, he's like gospel azized his music, which I have seen other artists do. I don't like it. I. Yeah. And maybe it's because I didn't grow up with gospel. I don't know. But, like, when you make your music more gospel-y, you're alienating me. Like, I'm in it for the beats. I'm in it for the hooks. I'm in it for the... Sure, but that's, that's you. And, and I think you touched that, like, crowd that really, like, wanted some some sweet, sweet R&B. And here's Are my... you going to let me finish my thought? Oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, then he also... Um, started doing like this thing where he started talking to like Dalt Churchy and he was like he's like is the Lord with you now ask yourself I gotta ask yourself is your soul clean and he goes through this whole sermon and then it, you find out he's telling a story about a time he got his dick sucked it was hilarious he was like funny he was a funny guy alright what are your final thoughts interrupting motherfucker what do you gotta say I mean you were going on a long one though Oh, I was long-winded? Do you ever listen to our episodes? Am I the long-winded? Do you ever listen to this show? Sometimes. You never listen to it. I have. You are so long-winded, you have a PhD in Boringology from the University of Who Gives a Shit. That's right, how I'm long-winded you are. Right? <laughs> cancel this episode? No, no, no. No, we can, we can solve it right now. I think you, you, you've gone a little long. But please, say what you gotta say yeah, about Smino. Let's move on to... No, 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 please. We all want to hear what you have to no, say about no, Smino. No, no, no. When you listen back to this episode, you'll see which one of us sounds like the real asshole. Well, I sound like an asshole in this moment. There's no question of that. But, you know, I mean, like... Uh, you know. I'm just gonna say my one hook for him is he's a great alternative to R. Kelly. He is a great um, alternative to R. Kelly. Oh, we're missing the best part of his show. While he was playing this song, which we never mentioned the name of Netflix and Duce or Pizza on the Way, as we like to call it, he took a cartoonishly large blunt 
lit it on fire, and pass it in the audience. Cartoonishly large. I mean, like, it was the size. You know when you get that big fake pencil from, like, like uh, Six Flags or something? That was how big the blow was. It was, like, you know, a foot and a half by, like, two inches in diameter. It was huge. Yeah, it was pretty wild stuff. And they just kept following it. Yeah, is there any life left in your eyes? What's going on? You're such a dick. Well, I mean, you got to be a, you know, be a professional. You're hosting a show right now. Is there some, what's up? <laughs> that was definitely the most comical moment. I actually have a, I got a photo of it, but it's mostly just a really small uh, white girl trying to, like, not drop it. I don't think I would have wanted in on that blunt, even if I did smoke, just because it, a lot of mouths. A lot of mouths. High likelihood that these are... This is the target demographic of people with herpes. Target demographic. I yeah. mean, people with herpes, if you did a Venn diagram, a lot of overlap between people with herpes and people who went to Pitchfork Music Festival. Yeah, it's true. Hell yeah, all right. All right. So that's Best Hugs by Dram. What do you think of Dram's performance? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Ultimately, I think... 50 Woods of Us. I think... Okay. <laughs> Overall, definitely my favorite performance. Um, you know, he didn't have the pizzazz of a Shmino. He didn't have the star power. And we'll get to know his performance. Um, I mean, she has special guests. Spoiler alert. But he, uh, he had so much fucking heart. It was so genuine, and, and this was a song that he played when he was talking about like, songs that like made him who he was. I mean, the dude could not have been more fucking grateful to be there, and I had a sparkle in my eye, and he had a sparkle in his eye, and you had a sparkle in my eye, and we're all sparkling. And he fucking jumped in the crowd, and he became one with the audience, which is super cool. Yeah, he brought it. In terms of performer, now, he had a little bit of a remix on, on MC DJ. He had a guy playing piano, which... A lot of Dram songs have piano in them. Even this, he doesn't do it. It, it, it needed a piano, though. I feel like piano is the backbone of the sound, the, the Dram sound that we all know in the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, if you think about his big hits, definitely they're all piano-driven. Um, he was a consummate performer. He was... One thing, if you look at this entire lineup, what I will say is two performers wasted no time, and those two performers were Dram and Shaka Khan. From the moment they took the stage to the moment they walked off the stage and wiped their face with a towel and the show was over, they were performing. Dram knew how to whip everybody up. And if there was a moment where there, it was dull or it died down a little bit, he'd be like, turn to the person to your right and tell him you're special. You know what I mean? Like, he just knew how to, like, get the audience to act like a group, you know? And uh, he, of course, he was really good at timing of songs. Obviously, he played the hits. Um, but he also was able to tell a story around some kind of lesser notes and how they let them to where he is today. And so it was a really well thought out set list. Yeah, and he closed with Broccoli and he played the course like 15 times, which was great. I mean, he jumped in the crowd. Everybody was singing with him. It was a phenomenal finisher. He closed so strong. 
Yeah, Dram Dram's performance is great. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think yeah, Dram numero uno, baby. <laughs> Opportunity knocking, a nigga was off a coffee And I'd have quit like my window, the Grammys is way too lofty And I could stay here forever, I could die here I don't have to try here Can I get my two sugars, please? Jesus made an album, monster waiting in the line for cream She dreaming technicolor, look black and white Opportunity knocking, a nigga just got her nails No skeletons in my closet, gonna open the door when yell come They ain't gonna wanna see my silhouette rap so this is reality check by No Name, and I was dying to see No Name. I was, I was super, super excited. I think she was probably the piece of the lineup that I was the most excited for. And I won't go as far as to say I was disappointed. There were a couple issues with the No Name performance. Um, everyone else, I mean, seemed to love it, but my, I, she's a little bit of a diva. Yeah. Um, she definitely kind of. You know, she fucked up a couple songs. Um, she took a lot of breaks between tracks. She told us how high she was. A lot. A she kept being like, I, I meant to do a good job, but then I smoked a blunt before I got here. It's like, yeah, when I do that before I do a comedy show, I don't mention it. I lie about it because I want people who paid money to uh, feel like they got their value out of the show. You know what I mean? On one hand, she was clever. On the other hand, she was just kind of a dick. Um, and, you know, she is kind of a, she is very poetic in her rapping style. It's really, like, kind of more almost talk rap with, like, a lot of flow. And the problem with that in a festival setting is, I don't even know if they could have made the sound that much better because she really was just talking to the mic. It's not like, you know, everyone else's voice is, is being raised. Do you know what I mean? Like, she was just kind of chatting. I mean, but, like, like let's be real. She's like Cake or the B-52s. She can't sing. She's straight up talking. She talks in a very specific way that works with the music that she makes. But the performance alive, it can be a little lackluster just because of that. Do you know what I mean? She's not giving it her all. She's fucking talking, you know? Right, and I guess that part of it was, like, I didn't feel that she actually enjoyed being a pitchfork. Yeah, that's true. Dram was more grateful to be there, even though he had the song of last summer, than No Name was, who is just sort of like a hometown hero, you know? And she's a hometown hero. I mean, the crowd packed in for her. And and um, I really, like, she also ended her set, I said five minutes earlier, but she ended it ten minutes early, which was part of the whole weird clog that happened. And I was pretty bummed out about that, because, you know... She she could have done I think she could have done way more with with her time. Yeah, and I think you know um, she definitely had some moments where she was like leading the crowd, but she was doing some very rudimentary MC work. Like you know, like she's like, um, okay, so when I say this, you guys say that. It's like, dude, we're a hip hop audience. We're ready to for you to just go. When I say blank, you say blank. Like we know we we we're, we're on it. Do you know what I mean? And she was kind of like acting like she kind of came up with that and that was kind of like weird it's like dude you can just say this you wasted like eight minutes of your set yeah i mean she was definitely not ready to do all her time i think ultimately that's what it was she like wasn't prepared she wasn't quite practiced like her backing vocals were out of control though i will say this her backing band was better than she was yeah 
especially because she had some pipes on those back on you know on, on one of her her backup backup singers. Um, obviously, when she did Shadow Man and Saba came out and Shmino came out and Raven Lene came out, I mean, that was that was one of the highlights of the festival for sure. Um, but you know, she didn't carry she didn't carry her own set. Yeah, she just didn't seem like she gave it a fuck. And I understand that you're not supposed to look like you give a fuck, so um, it's hard to hold that against her. But eh, the, I saw so many people do so much better. Former, though I'm not very familiar with her catalog. I'm not familiar with her catalog. By the time Shaka Khan was on stage, we couldn't move, literally. Our, our bodies were completely dead. She was the performer right before Warren Hill. But even just sitting on the grass and, and experiencing what it is to see Shaka Khan live, she did not stop. She did not chit chat. She mentioned the scene. She just went and performed. And holy shit, it was that impressive. I mean, how, how old is Shaka Khan now? Like 70 or 80? Let me look her up. I mean, she she put all the all of her energy into performance. 65. Wow, she's way younger than I thought. Yeah, wow. and, and lots of hits. I mean, she played all the hits. She it was a crowd pleasing performance, and uh, a lot of the older moms were having a great time. Oh, the song we're talking about is called "I Feel for You," and it was the first crossover rap hit in 1984. So Shaggy Khan, obviously. It's kind of like when Paul McCartney did Lollapalooza. It's like, this person has so much material that they could do to fill this, you know, hour-long set or whatever. Like, they could easily fill it. And Chaka Khan, it was entertaining. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I mean, we're talking singers, dancers, backing band, outfit changes. I mean, like, Chaka Khan brought it, you know? Oh, yeah, she brought it. And on top of it, like... On some weird level, even if you have like Paul McCartney and any of the music festival, it's like the source code is there. I mean, she's directly and indirectly influenced every artist that was that was there. Yeah, you know what I forgot to say? Have you noticed that we were talking about this no-name gypsy, drop gypsy from her name? Do you think it's because it's a racial slur? Possibly. For the Romani people? And she's woke now? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Also, maybe no-name is just like a brand name. It's just... Yeah, no name is pulling. All right, so that brings us to our headliner, and... do do do, do Super Lawrence. Yeah, 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 yeah
All you guys are listening to this, let me just remind you, you can rate and review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Say whatever you want. Say something positive. Say something negative. Up to you. Um, with Spotify playlist, you can find at missionculture.com slash music. Um, you can also listen to my other uh, podcast, The Palm Pilot. So we're listening to Lauren Hill, X Factor, off of her one and only album. What did you think? Yeah, so there's some rumors as to why she's doing it. Some people say it's because she doesn't own the rights to her music, so she has to like rewrite all her songs. I think that's bullshit. I think she's bored because she's made one album in 20 years, and this is not a celebration. So I've gone to two 20-year anniversary celebration shows, one for Nas, for Illmatic, and one for Tim Clown Posse, Greg Malenko, and... When you go to an album anniversary show, you have an expectation that the performance is going to take you back in time to when that album came out. And they're going to play that album from start to finish, basically. Or at least every song in that album. Right. And Lauryn Hill did not do that. Um, she played all her songs all out of order. She played some covers. She played her songs faster. I mean, everything is everything is at like 180 beats per minute. So fast. It was not, I, I could not recognize the song for what it was, and that's one of my favorite Lauryn Hill tracks. Yeah, and it's like, this is the song that sampled in that Drake song. Yeah, so um, I will say that, uh, you know, this album has like a very kind of special place in my heart. Like, I was not allowed to, I wanted this album when I was a kid, I could set tape, and I was not allowed to have it. So I copied it from someone, and I just listened to it secretly. Because you could just copy tapes on other tapes. You didn't need to know what was on the tape. Um, and I never saw Lauryn Hill until last weekend. It was the first time I've ever seen her. And I've liked her music for 20 years. Yeah. And um, it's difficult to describe how disappointed I am in her performance. But yet... I'm so happy that she came because she canceled like every show after Pitchfork. Yeah, it's incredible she came. She was only 20 minutes late. She looked like a goddess. So she came out like she had this crazy outfit on, crazy cool hat, amazing backing, and it looked like it was going to be a spectacular performance. And it was set up to be spectacular. And it's not even that she sounded bad, it's that going Yeah. It's so clear that her heart's not in it. It's so clear her heart's not in it. And, um, yeah, and, and, and that part made us go because we didn't stay for the whole performance because, you know, it's like after one of your favorite tracks, you basically can't find that to be Yeah, and, um, I talked to, uh, some people that stayed for the whole time. She did not play Doo-Wop that thing. And she did not play Tuesday. So she... This is a song, by the way, that has, like, 16 songs on it. Like, that's, that's what sort of always troubled me about Lauryn Hill doing this, um, this, uh, uh, 20-year, uh, like, anniversary, like, headlining set. It's like, Lauryn Hill doesn't have the time. Like, she can't fill the time. 
Which is wild to not play songs. I mean, that's just basically a big fuck you to people that really wanted to hear do out that thing. Which yeah, so I, why not which play I that? I really want, would have wanted to hear, which I'm glad we didn't stay knowing that it didn't play because that was the first Lauren Hill track I ever heard and I loved it, loved it, played it to death for like when I was growing up. And so to go there, stay till the end and not hear it, I think I would, my heart would have just like fallen out. Yeah, and I mean, like, to, to that note, too, it's like, um, there's something that she's doing where she's like, um, she like, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, she, she hates us. And I know that, like, she was sort of, like, falsely accused in the past of, like, um, like, like saying that she went on Oprah and said that she hates her fans and hates white people or whatever. And then that's not true. But there is a contempt. One of the reasons why that type of rumor might be believable is there is a contempt that Lauren Hill has for her audience. And you can see it, like, a little bit with the Beatles at the end of the Beatles' career where they're like, we don't want to tour anymore. We just want to make music. The true art form is the recorded voice or whatever and it's like she's just like over it and it's like she's been brought out by court of law to pay back her debt her tax you know taxes she doesn't want to make music at all though I don't even know if she likes music anymore exactly and she's like call me Miss Lauren Hill it's like okay well you've You've accomplished nothing in the interim, and now we're supposed to elevate you, you know? We haven't released anything in two decades. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, Questlove, I think, said it best, which is that, you know, Lauren Hill's living in the shadow of the fact that she's a one-album artist. She may not have wanted to be Selena, but she is Selena. Do you know what I mean? I mean, she didn't get shot in the face. She took herself out the gate, you know? And, I mean, that's just what it is. And I wanted Lauren Hill. I mean, when I bought you those tickets for your birthday, I was thinking about Lauren Hill. I'm like, damn, this is going to be so crazy. Lauren Hill, it's going to be amazing. You know? And the day was really great up until Lauren Hill set. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm not, I didn't let her ruin it. It was an amazing gift. Um, it was a really great festival. Shout out to Pitchfork. Um, I'm going to give you guys an 8.7. An 8.7? Yeah. I'm going to give it a 7.5 because I feel like Lauren Hill was more of it for me just because I kind of like I like idolized her from that album, you know. But yeah, I think we were in the same range. Food was good, the drinks were good, we had a great birthday for you. The company was excellent. Yeah, well I'm just kind of a dick. That's just who I am unfortunately. I love you too, you know. No one said it was easy. Uh, Good listening, huh? So, uh, thank you again for listening. Um, follow me on Twitter at Lake underscore Superior. Follow us on Instagram at Crescent with Music. Don't follow Mary if you're trying to lead that straight life. Um, shout out to uh, Rick James for uh, sexually assaulting a woman with your wife. Um, and uh, never having to answer for it. Congratulations for that. Congrats, Ricky. Yeah. I like how Rick James is like, the Rolling Stones say they invented rock and roll and they stole that shit from me. It's like, you know, you tortured a woman. So, I mean, you, know, you stole a woman's dignity. So, uh, congratulations. I'm glad
Yeah. Well, she's the type of girl you don't take home to bother. He's a he's a rapist. All right, thank you for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.